You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 44 of the Comic Book Informer. This is Vince, and we're coming to you on Wednesday, September 14th. And alongside, I have the sock puppet master, Roger. What's up, man? They're not going to understand what that's about now. I'll have to put the explanation in the uh, the show notes. Eh, good. Right. I gave you some work to do. Okay. I have a picture, too. I got Joe <laughs> to take a picture. <laughs> What's disgusting is that they were on my feet already. I didn't get clean socks to do this. I didn't have the time. So I just took the ones off my feet. <laughs> That's why I didn't let them kiss me. All right. Well, before we get... <laughs> I'm not having another show derailed by sock puppets. You're the one that brought it up. All right, before we get into all the fun stuff we have about the DC relaunch this week, I wanted to cover a little bit of news. Well, actually, you wanted to cover a little bit of news yes, about the X-Men Regenesis. Uh, over the past couple weeks, they've been slowly filling in those silhouettes on the uh, all the new covers for the big relaunch of the X-Men line coming up later this year after the meh of schism. But there's some interesting stuff here going on. Uh, I love the homage to the 90s, how it's divided up into the blue team and the gold team. If you read the X-Men comics in the 90s, those were the designations that were given to the two primary teams. So we have that nice little fun tie in there. Um, I'm going to cover the blue side here real quick. We have in Generation Hope, the team is pretty much as is. Uh, ID has left after... Uh, her little murdering spree, and it looks like Sebastian <laughs> <laughs> looks like Sebastian Shaw is going to be taking over as kind of a, a leadership role on the team or a mentor, which could be very interesting. Uh, I can only imagine what Shaw and uh, Hope are going to have as their re- inter- interactions there. Uh, moving on to adjectiveless X Men, this is an odd little team. You've got Jubilee. Warpath, who we haven't seen in a while, Storm, Domino, and Psylocke. That's just a random collection of people. <laughs> Moving on to the flagship title, Uncanny X-Men. They pulled a little uh, fast one on us by making Cyclops the last one revealed, like he wasn't going yep. to be in there. <laughs> uh, alongside, we have Emma, Magneto, Danger, which, uh, okay. I, and then you we know have... what? That's cool. I think that's fantastic. If yeah. Could, I always liked the character, and I thought that the character was really, really underused. And so if they can actually give the character, a, for lack of a better term, really flesh it out, um, <laughs> I'm all for that, especially because it's in with Magneto as well. I think that's mm-hmm. awesome. And then her history, or her, I'm calling Danger her, she's often portrayed as a female, even though it's yep. a robot. Uh, her interactions with Emma, uh, with the whole Sebastian Shaw thing, have, yep. that was pretty interesting as well. Yeah, so uh, I think that's going to actually be probably, if again, if it's in the right hands, whoever's going to be doing most of the writing for it, um, I, I think that could provide a lot of really, really fantastic storylines. Mm-hmm. And then rounding out the team, we have uh, Peter and Ileana, and it looks like Peter will be continuing as the Colossus Knot, at least for a little while. Uh, that's been going on in the current Fear Itself tie-in in Uncanny, where Colossus has taken on the mantle of the Juggernaut. So really interesting stuff going on there, That, especially with Gillen writing it. That's uh, definitely one I'm going to keep my eyes on. And then we have the New Mutants as the final blue team book, and that's pretty much just staying as is. Uh, DNA still writing, still doing their storylines. 
relatively unchanged with the big schism, and that's fine because that's been a very enjoyable book. So uh, why don't you tackle the gold team there, Rog? Oh, dude, I'm not going to be able to. Let's let's see who I can get here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's a test. Um, uh, X Force is going to have, of course, you, you've got mostly the same team with uh, Psylocke, uh, Deadpool, and uh, and what's his face, uh, Phantom X. But then, ha, Kurt's coming back, and he's going to be in there. I think that's awesome. <laughs> it was my favorite before this, and now it just keeps getting better. So that's fantastic. That's starting actually in December. So the I'm assuming the first issue we're going to see Kurt on the team officially is going to be this issue number 19. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, we have uh, no more Archangel, though, but yeah, with, with the way the current storyline so, is going, that's not that unbelievable. See, that's the thing, too. It's like, why aren't we talking about this? Because I, I, I read it and just because there's days. so much going oh, on. We're going to come back Dude, to We it. got to maybe next week when I'm hosting, because I was reading it the other day, the newest one, and I finished reading it. And that's literally what I said out loud, too. It was like, why aren't we talking about this on the comic book informer? Because seriously, it is that friggin awesome and it's not a small storyline this is huge oh, it's gigantic it's huge in scope so yeah so the fact that there's no archangel not really much of a surprise there but i'm it just makes me more curious to know okay well what's going to happen then i still want to know whose side betsy is really on she's on both sides she, yeah yeah but that that character's always had a lot of mystery oh yeah it's, like and, it's, so, it's something to look forward to yeah exactly um Wolverine and the X-Men, number one, coming in October. So we got Wolverine, the 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 beast from the other parallel universe. With, I, no, I, I think that's actual. Do beast. you think that's really him? Yeah, I mean, he left. Yeah, no, I know. The X-Men because of his issues with Scott. It makes sense he would come back now that okay, yeah. you know, you know what? Logan has splintered off. You're probably right. You're probably right. Okay, cool. And then it's got Shadowcat, which she pretty much follows Wolverine around. But uh, she left Peter. Yeah, true, true. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what's gonna make Schism interesting. Because so far, <laughs> well, they only got one issue left. Yeah, um, and she's got her her pet dragon too, Lockheed. Uh, and then we got Iceman in the background, and we've got we got um, who the hell's the dude with the? Uh, with I think that's gun? the 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 Quentin kid from Schism. Yeah, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. That's the kid that makes people. It seems tell odd, whatever. but okay. Yeah, it doesn't fit at all because Wolverine wanted to turn Maybe him in. It will. Yeah, I'd be all right with him just freaking getting stabbity stabbity by Wolverine. And then in the background, we've got Indy from Generation Hope, which kind of interesting. Although I think she would have fit better in the Uncanny X Force. Just kind of shove her in there. She's already freaking. Yeah, we Kill got it. that whole Wolverine father <laughs> yeah. instinct thing going on. Uh, X Men Legacy, of course. Oh, you we missed got... one over in uh, Wolverine. Who's that under Quentin's leg? Oh damn it! I got to bring that freaking screen closer. I can't see you over there <laughs> on the screen. Oh, that Toad. That's Toad. That's Toad. Oh come on! I, n <laughs> I never liked him. He's just an annoying freaking character. Okay. Well, whatever. Okay. Aaron's oh, that's, going big, man. <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah, Jason Aaron's doing that one. I I don't know. There's nothing that he could do to make that character interesting to me. Mm. No, nah, I don't I, think so. I can't argue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's there. So let's move on then to X-Men Legacy. Um, so, of course, we got Rogue front and center, So which she's been taking the dominating role in there anyways. Um, we got, what's his face? Uh, playing card dude. 
Really? Oh, come on. Give me a break. Okay. I'm, I'm still medicated. <laughs> um, God, don't do this to me. It was, it was his name. You can't remember either. Remy Nabil. <laughs> Anyways, there you go. Screw the Gambit. freaking. Gambit. All right. God. Shut up, dude. Just shut up. <laughs> we just lost our last listener. Oh, you're going to lose more because I can't remember the name of the chick. Um, the, the chick in the background that was with uh, Scott in uh, when they did their legacy thing. We got uh, What's Frenzy. Yeah, that's right. Frenzy. And I know you're not going to recognize. I don't one. have uh, a clue who that is. That's Marvel Girl. That's uh, one of the people that Rogue just teleported out into space to go rescue. Oh, OK. Yeah. No, I remember that storyline. Okay, cool. Now this... You want me to handle X-Factor for you? Dude, I was going to say, I don't know any of them. (laughs) All right, well, X-Factor... Oh, I know one. The dude with the freaking green thing there, he's the one that can multiply himself, can he not? Yes, correct. Ah, There you go. Redeemed. (laughs) I am redeemed. (laughs) Yeah, X-Factor, a lot like uh, New Mutants, is pretty much staying status quo. Uh, Peter David... That's been one of the most consistent books in Marvel's lineup for the last few years. Um, it's the entire current cast, and that's a lot of people. I'm not going to name them all off, but I do know all their names. And they've added in Havoc and Polaris, uh, who, of course, were in one of the original incarnations of X-Factor. And that one's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm, there's gonna, there's has to be a power struggle going on between Havoc and Madrox in that. Because Madrox has been leading the team for the last few years as the detective agency, and now you bring in the old leader of Havoc, sparks are going to fly. How has it actually been? Because you know what? I have not read that series I absolutely love it. Okay. Peter David is one of my all-time favorite writers, and X-Factor, going back to when he picked it back up, God, five, six years ago, they've been doing it as kind of like a noir detective story, but still having the big superheroic shenanigans going on. It's been a blast. Okay. I'll have to check it out because, I I mean, I, I remember when it started reading a little bit from it. And, um, but I have not read that. Well, I haven't read any since I've started back reading comic books. So I, I'd be curious to know. What, okay, how, just had a point one come out. So maybe you can check that one out. Uh, those are crap. Those are terrible. I haven't read it yet. But, I've got uh, no freaking use for it's there. Ones. Yeah. All right. So lots of interesting stuff going on here with the X-Men. A lot of storylines to look forward to. Uh, one last thing to, to uh, mention here, uh, X-Men Legacy, uh, the Regenesis storyline starting with issue 259, that is going to be the beginning of Mike Carey's last storyline on that comic. He's been writing X-Men uh, Legacy since back when it was just called X-Men. Uh, it's been, I think, six years he's been writing that comic, and it's been consistently one of the best X-Books on the shelf month to month over the course of that six months. So it's uh, at the end of an era there. Yeah. It's actually what I thought was interesting with this is to get a, a, a scope to see the scope of just how much X-Men, X-People storylines and issues, different, different, uh, different issues there are kind of thing. I'm, and to put it into perspective. I'm a little disappointed that we... With all these teams, all these characters, we don't have anybody from the newer generation of X-Men. No X-23, no Legion, no Surge, no Rockslide. None of the people that have been just hanging around the mansion, well, the island or whatever, for the last few years. None of these kids are in any of these comics. None of them have done anything since their own title was canceled a few years ago. And every time they show up, it's entertaining. I don't know why at least one of them isn't in here somewhere. I agree. I agree. All right, so 
enough with Marvel because despite a lot of their comics being really good right now, nobody really cares what Marvel's doing this month because <laughs> September is all about DC. And as we mentioned last week, um, last week was the first full week of full week of the DC relaunch of the new 52. We had 13 titles come out and we're going to be talking about three of them here today. Of course, the two flagship titles, Action Comics and Detective Comics. But we're going to get back to those later because I really need to get this off my chest with Justice League International. Oh, hold on one second. Spoiler alert, people. Spoilers. <laughs> There's nothing to spoil. Let, let, let's just say that now for all of them. Overall. Yes, if you're okay. listening, because I don't think that we can go on talking about these without spoiling them. And I'm fine with that. If you haven't read it yet, shame on you. <laughs> Suck it well, up. Well, <laughs> I, I don't have a whole lot of shame for some of these. Well, not for some, but for, for especially one of them. <laughs> Hmm. We're going to have a uh, anyway, <laughs> Justice League International written by Dan Jurgens, art by Aaron Lepresti. And this is the um, the Justice League International, the B team of the Justice League, as we've seen in the Generation Lost miniseries, as well as their own uh, ongoing series back in the 80s and 90s. Um, I'm going to start off with the good. Aside from the first page, the art in this issue was overall pretty darn good. I enjoyed it. Uh, as compared to the actual Justice League, they introduced the whole team within one comic. Not a lot, not a lot of character development, but everybody was there. They, it, it was a good jumping on point, I would say. And Gavril is back as Rocket Red, and once again, he absolutely steals every scene he's in in the comic. Although he's barely, he, he doesn't get, I mean, I know it's the first issue, so you're not going to give a lot of attention to any one character, except for a few, obviously. Um, but I'm, I'm really hoping that they flesh him out because I think they're going to have to if they want to keep the readers and keep people interested. Mm -hmm. But what little he was in there was all great stuff because he was uh, obviously one of our favorite characters from the Generation Lost miniseries. Yeah. Moving on to the bad. The costumes. The rest of it? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. Uh, overall, the costumes are pretty much on model with how they were before, but what the hell did they do to Booster? What is he wearing? It's it's, it's awful. It, I hate it. <laughs> I got no use for Booster anyways. And I'm getting to that. This is, but let, me, let me continue, so please. No, my point was just that the costume didn't make a difference to me. Because it was just, <laughs> I don't like the character already. Costume ain't going to make a damn bit of difference for me. All right. And then on to what I'm calling the ugly. All right. So going into this relaunch, DC came out and said that all the great storylines you've loved, they're all still in continuity. Well, I think they should have put an amendment on there. All the great storylines you loved that sold really well are still in continuity. So Death of Superman, Blackest Night, all that stuff. Because the entire continuity of the Justice League International has been completely thrown out the window. This issue starts off with these characters meeting each other for the first time. And this is not one of those five years earlier miniseries. This takes place in the present day of the DC universe. So the entire run of Justice League International, gone. The absolutely incredible Justice League Generation Lost miniseries, gone. All the character development that these characters went through, completely gone. Booster Gold is back to being his douchebag superstar character, where he, throughout his... his uh, solo series and the generation lost, he really grew into a great leader character for the team and it's all completely gone. So when DC said everything was still in continuity, they were flat out lying and it 
really pisses me off because I loved Generation Lost. And it ended with that hope that they were relaunching the Justice League International and it was going to be awesome. And I was really, really hoping this comic was going to be the comic I wanted and it wasn't. And it makes no sense. Why would Batman be backing up Booster Gold, the freaking <laughs> beer salesman, saying he's a good leader when there's absolutely nothing in Booster's character in this now in this new timeline to back that up. I absolutely hated this issue. I'm not going to disagree on any front. I felt the same way in terms of the the continuity. They'd gone so far to establish something that was really fantastic with the um, the miniseries that they put out that really made you care about the characters and actually I mean it converted me so that I had more respect for the character of Booster Gold <laughs> than <laughs> and and I'd made it quite clear what I thought about him before and and then there's these again these Mack truck size holes in the story like you said with Batman backing Booster and there's absolutely no reason for it, especially when you look at what little we've seen of this Batman and his, how he doesn't suffer fools well, well, he'd have no use for, for Booster. Um, I, I really, I didn't like the whole Guy Gardner thing in there either. But you hate Guy Gardner, guy, so that doesn't there's mean There's another, anything. yeah, I really don't like him. So there you go. So you got another douchebag on the team. And where's uh, Skits? What's it? It's Skits, right? Skeets? Skeets. I Not don't there. Know. He's the We're only gonna, thing that's... I guess we'll find out in Booster Gold number one. He's the only thing that I like about Booster is <laughs> freaking Skeets. <laughs> and so if you're not putting him there, yeah. Um, the rest of the team was ridiculous when you got... One of the girls kind of fawning over Booster there. Not so cool. Um, I didn't like the interactions between the team at all. It was, again, it's it was not a team. This whole concept that the UN's in charge of them and this guy <laughs> in charge who just wants the salesman that he can, or that he just wants to be able to control Booster and all this. It was, oh my God, it was. It was just ridiculous. It was. I, I did like the little line oh. though when Booster asked Batman, "Does the UN know you're here?" Don't make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Um, no, I really, I had no use for this. Definitely not picking up issue two. You lost me no. at one. That's it. There's no redeeming yourself from this. And there were only three comics that I was absolutely going to buy day one, sight unseen last week, all three that we're talking about here. And this was one of them. And it's really soured me overall on the relaunch, especially when the same continuity shenanigans is coming up in other comics. Uh, Batgirl, continuity destroyed. Green Arrow, continuity destroyed. Even Hawk and Dove, which I don't give a crap about, continuity destroyed. So it, it's it's not coming across the way that they said it would. And you know what? I was all right with, to a certain degree with the continuity. Oh, of course, being things have different. to change. Yeah, but it's just see, I've been talking to they're actually, they're, they're, they're throwing out the good is the problem. Well, it's not just that; it's that they are they're saying they're doing one thing and then doing something else. And mm -hmm. it's again, I keep looking at how this all started with the flashpoint stuff and everything. And I was talking to my son about it because he's been reading some of them as well. And, and I was explaining how, you know what the, the potential for this was so insanely cool. 
and it started off so fantastic the middle was fantastic and the expectation was okay you guys have obviously proven that you know what you're doing this is going to be great i can't wait for the ending and then they where's my swear spoiler alert no that's a spoiler (laughs) the duck cry and so what happened then is that now again i keep looking at it as a writer so i'm looking at the potential loss of what could have been and how i envisioned it in my mind where it actually made sense and it tied in and yes some things changed but for the better and all that and it's there's nothing like that i mean yes there's some very cool things that are happening as well but then there's a lot of things that are damn near exactly the same for the most part and then some other things like this where the continuity that should have been kept is not there and reverted back to a period that nobody cared about like there's these characters in justice league international were b-list characters well you kind of elevated them from that with a miniseries that that just came around and now you're just kind of tossing them right back to that b-list status of nobody really cares i love how brightest day itself is in continuity at least to how it implies to a couple characters because obviously none of what happened there applies to any of these people all right, um, we're going to move on to Detective Comics, and I'm going to hand this one off to you because you obviously <sighs> liked it a lot more than I did. Do you want to so do that ahead. one, or do you want to do action first? I want to do Detective next. Okay, well, damn it, I had action set up on my... And don't say, it's in the show now. Let's check the show now. I had it set up properly. Okay, I'll find it. I got it. Okay, okay. go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. You wait. I'll, uh, I'll edit all the crap out. <laughs> okay, now this is one that... Now, I, I, I mean... We it, it it's quite obvious that we're big Batman fans. So and I mean, really, who isn't? And so I was really looking forward to this. Superman. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really looking forward to this a lot, and I was I was very disappointed with the last issue of the old Detective Comics. But I figured, okay, you know what? Brand new run. Let's see what they're going to do here. And of course, they they tackle the age-old Joker, you know, Batman versus Joker thing. So setting that up that this is going to be a very important villain going forward still. That's not going to change. That continuity is definitely not changing. Um, Really, really making it more serious in scope. Uh, Like what we're seeing here with the, the, the... Bat, or, or sorry, the Joker is f- really quite a bit more graphic than stuff that at least I'd seen. Now, I haven't followed through with all of the old Batman stuff, but I mean, when you're seeing freaking Joker with the knife and he's like stabity, 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 and like killing people, it's pretty graphic. When you're seeing the dude with the skin over his head, okay, I can't remember the last time I saw that except for in the freaking <laughs> movies. Um, I like the what we're seeing with batman although a lot of it is again very very similar to what he was before that's in a way i'm 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 glad because it was something that worked and then of course the other part of me is really disappointed because i was actually looking forward to a new batman I was looking forward to that that different backstory within reason and still have someone that was 
with any luck, a little bit harsher than what he is now kind of thing. Maybe like what Thomas was in, in Flashpoint, maybe not to that degree, but you know, um, I was really hoping for something different, something that would be cool that we could latch onto, but it's pretty much the same Batman that we're seeing here. The thing that really freaking blew me out of the water was the end of this. This was the most messed up thing I've seen for quite a while. <laughs> I don't know if you agree with me, if you've seen anything of this scope, but when, uh, like, you, you see the whole fight between the, the Batman and, and the Joker, par for the course with a lot of things that, that have happened already, and then you're seeing the Joker in Arkham Asylum, which is apparently where he wanted to be, so he planned all this, and then somebody comes up there who's... I'm going to assume a doctor of some sorts, but he's insane, quite obviously. And the final freaking reveal, the final page of this, you see that what they're doing is a face transplant and the Joker's face is pinned to the wall. Just the skin full of blood. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if, if you'd been expecting this when you were reading it. But when I flipped to that last page, it was like, oh my freaking God, (laughs) what the hell is this? This is not a Batman for kids, folks. Don't let your kids read this. They might be a little disturbed by that last panel. If you're an adult, however, holy freaking awesome. It looked great. The art is insane and it's creepy as shit. Quack. We can say shit. They say shit on TV. We can say shit. <laughs> um, I, I will agree with the, 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 the huge twist ending and all that stuff. It was shocking. I, I don't know. I just – I wasn't into this. I, I can't quite put my finger on any one reason. I, because we've I, seen I, it so many times? It just felt a little too over the top for me. And I don't know how you can be too over the top with a Joker story. but Oh, no. This and, is over the top. Yeah. I agree. And, and like you say, okay, this isn't a comic for kids. Well, it's rated T for teen. If anything even remotely like this was in a video game, this would be an M-rated video game. So it, it, it was a little too violent for what oh, I was yeah. looking for. I, and I'm it, not going to disagree. It just, it, it just kind of put me off. I mean, the Joker ripping the guy's throat out with his teeth naked for some reason. I don't know what purpose <laughs> what that serves. <laughs> I, it, it, I, I loved the scene on the subway, though, with the little girl. Yep. Where Joker's standing there and she's like, Mommy, that guy's scaring me. Well, don't look, honey. But he looks like a monster. He looks like a big a bat, bat yeah. monster. And he just the, the look on Joker's face was priceless. I loved that scene. But I, I, overall, it just it was a meh for me. It, it didn't do anything for me aside from big shocking moments. Like overall, it, aside from the ending, it, it was kind of forgettable for me. Well, aside from the ending, it was like a lot of other Batman stories that we've already seen. It's a Batman chasing after the Joker, the Joker pulling off uh, a bunch of decoys that are killing other people, the Batman getting his hands on him, but not killing him. It being a tough fight, but him putting him in Arkham Asylum and then finding out that that's either, that's where Joker wanted to be or that he's got a plan to get out or blah, blah, blah. And then it was just that insane shock at the end kind of thing. So the, the story in and of itself was thing, something that we've seen many times. It was well written in terms of it was, it, I mean, it was well done. It just was, there wasn't any huge, 
anything different than what we've already seen, kind of. You know what I mean? And that in and of itself isn't a bad thing, especially with a title like Detective. Detective Comics with the legacy behind it, I think it should be a little more status quo than the other titles. But I, I, I don't I, I don't think so. I it, and again, I I I enjoyed it. I didn't like it didn't drive me wild. It wasn't like insane that i that i'd be like telling people you have to buy this kind of thing i thought that the ending though graphic i thought it was i thought it was awesome when i saw it i mean just because (laughs) i don't get shocked when i'm reading comic books kind of thing and so and and so i'm looking at it as an adult me reading it and then flipping and going holy and and bleep crap it's so it was like kind of cool in that regard but it's it's definitely not something that's for kids, not even young. Like, you know, I mean, nowadays, yeah, teenagers are seeing far worse in different movies and stuff. But I mean, holy crap in hell. Like, it's just that the artist did such a good job on that last page. <laughs> um, but overall, for me, the, it's just it was more of a disappointment that Batman is basically the same as before. And that, to me, was the, the biggest disappointment. Yeah, they're, they're willing to go too far changing a lot of their other characters but they know if they even think about touching batman the uh, nerd riots with the pitchforks and lightsabers will be at their front gates Meh. if you're gonna have the balls to do something like this then do yeah it right. do it do it all the way yep all right well uh going into some of the characters they're changing a little more we have action comics which is of course superman's flagship title uh written by grant morrison art by rags morales and uh just to backtrack there uh writing and art on detective was tony daniel uh, back to action, though. I enjoyed this. For a person who does not care about Superman, I was into this. Uh, I like how it was – it took those early Superman stories back from the 30s and the 40s where he was just helping out the regular people. You know, Like we see here, he rescues the, uh, the squatters from the building that's about to be demolished, uh, taking down you know, corrupt businessmen. That's the kind of stuff Superman did back in the old days. Just Grant Morrison is updating it to a modern time. And I, I just found it really enjoyable, though. The whole scene with the train, that's pure vintage Superman, but not so vintage that it was kind of repeating itself. It had enough of that fresh spin on it that I found it enjoyable. How was that fresh? That's freaking Spider-Man 2. <laughs> it's literally Spider-Man 2. It, it's, it's not, I mean, Morrison may as well have been watching it when he wrote this. It's, and I, and I, it was done better in Spider-Man 2 than this. Yeah, okay. Fine. I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you in terms of the, the, the character is, um, more dynamic, more dynamic than, than we've seen him before, which I like. Not afraid to get a little bit more rough, although not that rough. But I mean, he's still putting people through walls, um, and I like that now he's not the golden boy anymore. That you know everybody in Metropolis loves him. No, the cops are actually after him. So I like that. It'll give it a little bit more spin. But again, that's nothing new. I mean, this basically makes him the Spider-Man of this of metropolis kind of thing so i i didn't mind it i i thought that it was everything he's saying is like way too full of himself and i don't like characters that are cocky and full of themselves a little bit of cocky is good when it's just blatant like catching a bullet kind of thing like he does it's like yeah and this catch me if you can um 
the whole effeminate Lex Luthor, I think is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at the freaking poses. He's like <laughs> very effeminate. I think that's awesome. If they can keep that up, it'll be hilarious. Um, and so, but I mean, otherwise not too much there, but again, the story relied on old cliches we've seen before. You know, the, the, the cops or the organization, uh, the power organization, whether it's the army or whatever, or after the superhero that's trying to protect the people and it's the people that stand up for him in the end after he's been beaten up and stuff so that, you know, it's the people who stop the army or whatever. We've seen that how many times in movies and cartoons and in comic books, like really not, I give me a break. We, uh, that's not original. And then this whole thing again with the stopping the train was literally Spider-Man 2. And again, I liked the way it was done in Spider-Man 2. In this, it was just nothing. I was, again, you're, you're taking crap that we've already seen and trying to make it look like you were original, but you kind of weren't. I'll buy that, but I... I still found this issue overall enjoyable, which is more than I can say of any Superman comic in recent memory. And that in and of itself is an accomplishment. Right. Yep. And I will be checking out issue two just to see if I continue to enjoy it. I, it, I was not happy that this was a three ninety nine either. I'm not happy with a lot of pricing issues we have going yeah. on here. But this was not a three ninety nine issue is my my thing. This was not a three ninety nine issue. I, I, I'd, ha I'd be hard pressed to find a three ninety nine issue anywhere, but that's a totally different discussion. Yeah. All right. So those were the big three that we both read and uh, both had things to say about. Uh, onto the what we're reading. First of all, Animal Man. Animal Man was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Buddy Baker has always been this interesting character. Uh, back when Morrison wrote it in the in the eighties, it had this. Interesting breaking the fourth wall dynamic going on where at one point Buddy and Grant actually met in the pages of the comic and it wasn't terrible like the Dark Tower. So <laughs> it, it was just it, it was very different, especially for its time. And we got a nice touch to that with the first page of the Animal Man comic kind of being a recap with the writer Jeff Lemire interviewing Animal Man as, for a newspaper article. And but that was it that that was as far as Jeff went with the uh breaking the fourth wall aspect and from there on it was just a nice story uh, one of the things that's always made animal man interesting is he's a family man he's publicly a superhero and has a family life at home that's not an absolute wreck like peter parker so it you just got some nice family moments uh i don't i don't want to say too much because i this is one i don't want to spoil um i'll be reading art, it tonight actually the on, art based on your is, recommendation the art is okay Nothing fantastic, but the facial expressions and the dialogue scenes, it works well. And then when you get into the trippy dream sequence at the end, it's phenomenal. I absolutely loved this issue. It was the winner of the first week of the 52 by far. Hmm. Aside from that, I enjoyed Swamp Thing. I enjoyed Men of War. Uh, not enough to read them on a monthly basis, but they're definitely comics I would check out in collected editions. And uh, did you read anything else? Um, well, we already touched on the uncanny stuff. Um, I got caught up on that because I still had actually, I, I'm embarrassed to say I hadn't read the newest, uh, uncanny X-Force yet. So I kind of read that and, um, it was awesome. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> we are definitely going to be talking about that. I'm not going to go into detail now other than just to say it was absolutely 
freaking awesome. Absolutely loved it. What I actually would like to just ever so briefly talk about is, of course, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle reboots. And I did read that. And I don't know what you thought. They, of course, they 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 kind of updated the story a little bit so that it's not the same as what we remember reading back in the day. So there's there are some differences in terms of... Um, how the turtles come about to have these abilities and, and, and whatnot, um, as well as the differences in terms of the, um, the, the people as well in the series. So you have some different backstories there, but it, I thought it still worked. It was different, yeah. but it still worked. It's, it's still following a, a, I don't want to call it a cliche, but, since turtles we've seen it in other things now so for them to do it again it's like okay well yeah it's going to be a little cliche but it works still and i don't know i i'm kind of interested in seeing what they're going to be doing with this i like that it's a little bit more um the action was fantastic the action scene at the beginning with the the turtles it was just great. You already can tell the um, that they're still having problems as well with Raphael kind of thing. So the the turtles aren't all together. The uh, the cat dude I don't know where that came from, but it was awesome. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love the artwork. And see, here's one of those times where, as I've said before, you don't have to have such highly detailed art that it takes forever for the artist to do it all. You can have something that's far more simple as long as it is stylish. And that is what carries a series, in my opinion. So that's what we see here. I found it was very stylish, very cool, kind of rough and fast. And I, I really dug it. I'm getting the second one. Yeah, uh, I was a kid during the height of the Ninja Turtle craze. I watched the cartoon. I had all the action figures. I was a turtle kid, just like everybody else at the time. And then I remember being in like fourth grade or something, and a friend of mine brought one of the comics to school, finding out that the cartoon was based on this comic book that was gritty and action-packed and violent. It was freaking cool and going back and reading a lot of the other comics at the time this captured the style and the feeling perfectly it's a reboot done right it takes everything good all of the characterizations everything that's important to the story and puts it into a different setting with a different origin and it does it well it worked i loved it the only suggestion that i would have made actually was that they actually put it out in black and white I would have preferred this in black and white. I would have far preferred. It's it's one of those series, again, that can survive without color, also as an homage to the original. And I think that it would have looked even better and been even grittier and even more engaging. There's there's some things that you don't need color for that you can, like old movies as well, some of them, where your imagination can put more in and it actually is has more presence. And it's just point blank cooler so i would have liked to seen this actually without color i did yeah, like the just little like a walking dead it, that's exactly what i mean i mean there's there's certain things that you couldn't do that with but there are some that you can and that are more powerful without color i liked the him going through the trash and finding the cowabunga shirt and saying oh now that's just wrong and tossing it over i like that i thought that was cool and then the the whole thing as well with uh, uh what's his kate I'm, I'm i'm trying to look What's his face? Um, 
the kid that he saves. That's getting huh? beat up. The kid. Uh, oh, Casey. It, Casey. Yeah, I like that again. You got a, a different little twist there as well, and how the two, of course, Raph and him, are going to be closer and things like that. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to where this is going. And the freaking cover for two next month, man, that's an awesome cover. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put it in the show notes. So if, if folks have not seen the cover for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two, it is freaking awesome. It is pure 90s ridiculousness, but done well. Oh, God, yeah. Love it. (laughs) Like, that's something I could see Rob Liefeld drawing terribly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so is that that all you got there? For now, yeah. We've already run long enough. So we're going to roll into our new releases with the second full week of DC's New 52. All number ones. (laughs) We have... expensive week. (laughs) Batman and Robin, Batwoman... Deathstroke, Demon Knights, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, Green Lantern, Grifter, Legion Lost, Mr. Terrific, Red Lanterns, Resurrection Man, Suicide Squad, and Superboy. Now, personally for me, uh, the two Lantern titles are absolute buys. I already picked them up, haven't read them yet. And I'm waiting to hear about Batman and Robin, Deathstroke, Demon Knights, Frankenstein and Grifter. So I'll possibly be buying seven, but I've only bought two thus far. There's also a new uh, Batman Brave and the Bold number one. I haven't been reading that comic. That's not part of the new 52, though, is it? I honestly, I don't know. But why would they reboot it otherwise? Mm -hmm. So I'm getting it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting that one. I'm getting Batman and Robin. I'm getting Deathstroke. Uh, I'm getting Green Lantern. And I'm getting, okay, I should say these are put aside. And Red Lantern. (laughs) So those are already put aside and then the others is going to be as i walk through and look because oh, man, i'd like to get that frankenstein but it's like already this is an expensive week and that's mm. not even counting the freaking spider island stuff yeah in we it. haven't gotten to Marvel oh, yet that's what i mean uh, also from dc we have scalped number 52 uh but moving on to marvel amazing spider-man 669 part three of spider island oh, dude Criminal, The Last of the Innocent, number four, the final part of that. Fear Itself, number six, which, quite honestly, I had forgotten was still going on. (laughs) Ghost Rider, number three. Journey into Mystery, 627. New Avengers, number 16. We have the new Ultimate Comic Spider-Man, number one. Uncanny X-Force, number 15. X-Men Legacy, number 255. And a trade paperback collected edition of Thanos Imperative, which I absolutely loved. I need another job. Too many comics! (laughs) (laughs) Getting Amazing Spider-Man, the new one, gotta do it. The the new Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, gotta do it. Gotta get it. Uncanny X-Force, best series bar none for marvel right now boom and legacy has been damn good plus i've been i've been actually enjoying ghost rider so it's like i'm debating whether or not i'm getting three too much see a lot of these like ghost rider uh journey into mystery um even new avengers i've been enjoying them but i i just can't afford to buy them oh, no, month I to month so i i just i just buy the trades unless it's something so good that i want to talk about it for the show i i have to wait for the collected edition i can't afford to buy it every month <laughs> We need to be famous. We need a sponsor, basically, so that we can we need buy press them all. Get on that, boss. Yep. All right. <laughs> all right. So that's going to wrap us up here for issue 44 of the Comic Book Informer. Uh, be sure to check us out, of course, at 
comicbookinformer.com, on Twitter at CBinformer, as well as on iTunes and just about everywhere else. And we'll see everybody next week for everybody's least favorite Roger episode. Oh, ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Mm. Dude. And we'll have another guest co-host instead of this. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bleep that out. You probably don't check Steam all the time, right? Not unless somebody mentions it. Dude, <laughs> Steam is checked every day in our house. <laughs> I get asked by my son every he day. He had a Twitter account. Oh, man. See? And look it. I got... I'm getting there. See? I got my soundboard. I got... Spoiler alert, people. Spoilers. I got my... I got my... <laughs> and I got my... <laughs> I'm getting there. The soundboard is filling up slowly. I, I now the only thing is I gotta get that uh, the, the the porn rift. I gotta get that. But I, I really don't want to do a YouTube search for porn rift though. I'm afraid of what will come up. <laughs> it can't be that bad if it's on YouTube. It'll Ooh, probably just be oh, overlaid you, over some dogs you, or something. Yeah, no, there's some. Okay, <laughs> make sure my kid doesn't come by. Let's see what happens here. <laughs> <laughs> the hell? No. Oh, hello. Okay, maybe I'll do this later. <laughs> Somebody comes up behind me. I can't see them. <laughs> yeah, even on YouTube. Apparently there's some things they will show. Excuse me. Glad you got that out of the way. <laughs> As long as you kept talking and hadn't stopped, we would have been good either way. I think that one might have tricked me up. <laughs> really? <laughs> a lot of base. Figure something I talked to Joe. He said he would be there, but that was before the schedule changed, so I had to touch base with him again. Okay. I didn't know you were bringing him in. You even said, hey, bring in Joe and Tart. You know, let's make it a big thing. No, I did not. Yeah, you did. Why you lie to me like that? I was there. Do you have it recorded that you could prove it? Well, you have it recorded. But... So that answers my question then. I didn't say it. <laughs> I don't recall saying that. Well, you know, you can't recall many of our episodes. <laughs> I was telling Joe <laughs> next week I expect I expect you to tweet me and say, are you on meds or wine? <laughs> if I say meds, you'll be like, Something came up. I can't record. Sorry. <laughs> right. Anyway, the sock puppets were hilarious. They I were. missed most of sock puppet theater. Sorry to say, it was hilarious. <laughs> See, it's a good reason I keep the chat room on the laptop away from the notes. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> All right. Anytime. Me. Uh, yeah, it's not like I'm just sitting around with my thumb. You are most of the time and complaining a lot. I don't know. It's a comfortable thumb. Nancy boy. <laughs>